Welcome to the Crowfall Podcast, where we share stories and perspectives from the world of Crowfall with your host, Chris and Walker. This is Walker, and this week we talk about some of the ways a guild leader can be valuable and how that is impacted by shifts in population. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Minds at CrowfallPod. As always, I'm joined by my esteemed co-host, Chris. Chris, how are you feeling this week? I got a made-up word for you this time. We're, we're going to go. Oh, wonderful. My favorite. <laughs> I'm I'm lowering. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just like to say lower is what I think <laughs> what we're finding out right now. Well, I when I came to it, I was like, it kind of sounds like Mike Lowry. <laughs> Crying and laughing at the same time. Ah, okay. There, okay. there actually might be a word for it. I, I didn't have time to... to I think it's hysteria. Really? Okay. I mean, I don't know, but if someone's laughing and crying at the same time, usually that's like a breakdown, right? Where it's like like everything is, is out of whack. But I don't think that's what you mean. You're not no. beside yourself. No. I mean, from an outside perspective, I can see how someone might wonder if they need to be in a mental institution. so so what has you we'll start with the sad and then we'll go happy what has you crying oh okay well i just kind of you know the state of the game i guess and and i don't mean mechanically i just mean mostly population and how the campaigns are going different movements within like the guilds alliances how there, there really just isn't a lot of activity as far as fights and PvPing. I mean, it, it's kind of like getting people together to match up with those times has been a little bit more difficult. And, and also, I mean, I haven't necessarily been as active in the sieges also. So I'm not also not necessarily doing my part, but... I've kind of been reevaluating things for our guild internally because of the various things we talked about last week. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, you know, I, I, I think I would, I would tend to agree with you. I mean, last weekend you and I played for a few hours in the afternoon and yeah. went around, you know, capturing outposts and stuff. And I mean, literally played for, I think three hours straight and saw one fight at the very end of that run. And yeah, I mean, it just, it's it's too bad where the population's at currently, although that's not brand new. And, and like I said last, you know, last week when we recorded, I was really surprised that they didn't reduce the map size just because I think that is probably the biggest contributing factor now to the limited population and, and how much that, how obvious that is, right? Yeah. Like if there was only a couple of zones even with the tiny player base, I think it might feel a little more robust. Mm-hmm. But with 12 maps that are just as big as they were <laughs> you know, months ago, and now with Shadows having rank 9 and 10 resources and max level mobs in Shadows, I mean, to be perfectly candid, I, I took my Harvester over to Shadows to harvest stuff. Yeah, I did um, too. And, and so now that's one less person to gank in Dregs, mm-hmm. right? Whenever I'm 
out harvesting on my little guinea pig. <laughs> so I, I will uh, to your point. No, please. I, say, I would I would also like to harvest and drag some, but that is kind of different with the campaigns. Like once you deploy to a campaign, it's like pulling the character out and re-equipping them and, and all that stuff. I mean, you don't want to necessarily do that a bunch of times, but. Yeah, well, and, and then, you know, once you have leveled up craft or harvesting disciplines, even if you were willing to, you know, just make a new character and throw it in dregs and have its own set of gear, that's the least cumbersome part of it. The most mm-hmm. cumbersome would be either A, having to import the tokens back or the disciplines back and forth, which would be you'd run into token problems, even with an alt account somewhat quickly, if you did that transfer very much. And if you're not going to do that, then you just have to level up an entirely second set of harvesting disciplines and belts. And it's just a tall order. So what has you laughing? What has me laughing? I, I mean, I've been playing, just haven't really been PVPing. So having fun doing that, but I also finally got a, a legendary vessel. I was pretty happy about that. And, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, nothing necessarily funny, just random chats with the people that are still playing. I find funny, but I'm not necessarily demoralized on the game. It's just that I'm having a good time. I I find enjoyment in, you know, randomly talking to various people and, and joking around still. But there also is the sentiment of, how would I say that because of, the lack of population and the lack of content, people seem to be more tense with their interactions. You know, if you're not participating in in the siege or something like that, or not logging in as much that sometimes it feels like that they're taking it personally, maybe. Um, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it ties back into what we, you know, and I feel, I don't know, and the, the listeners that we have may uh, be rolling their eyes every time we come back to this point, which is the player population. But unfortunately, it is just the elephant in the room around all conversations about Crowfall because, you know, again, all of the mechanics of it aren't designed for a player base this small. Mm-hmm. The hope is that Monumental will, you know, retool the game in some way that we then get a resurgent player base. And so maybe because that's the plan, it doesn't make sense to try and modify it to support the existing tiny player base. Mm -hmm. But because the player base is so diminished, we you're, you're absolutely right. People seem to take personally the fact that the people who are still around even loosely aren't hyper committed. Like the few that are still really committed take personal offense to those that aren't yeah and and i i mean i understand their frustration is like hey like aren't we trying to play this game and don't we want to play it and don't we care and don't we like it you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i get it but at the same time it's like you know trying to shame people into playing (laughs) again the problem is not that people don't want to know life the game the problem is that we don't have 2,000 people that are willing to casually play the game. Because that's what's supposed to solve this problem. Yeah. Not that not that 50 people quit their jobs and just play it only, right? Like, that's not the healthy version of this. I mean, even um, if you had a group that was willing to know life it, and you still need other people to, to fight in that PvP situation. And it's, I don't know, the anger of, of 
someone being more hardcore and like resenting someone that that doesn't play as much i just find it kind of odd because i mean we're still playing a game and i with the way communication works and a lot of people on discord or whatever the chat program they use gilded maybe even though i may not be pvping i may be logged in doing something else but even if i'm not logged in it's not like I'm that far away from being communicated with, you know, if someone really needed something or I'm still around. Right. I mean, like, so I don't know. I mean, if you're part of a group, a part of a guild or alliance, I mean, that communication, I think means something, whether they're able to participate in the event or not. Right. I don't know. Well, I mean, it does, except that we're, the player base is so diminished now that there's just not enough people to do the content. Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I don't know if there's a 50-man keep seeds that's actually 50 on 50. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't, there has I don't been think one that exists. for a while. And I, right, and I think there's a big struggle now to even get 25 on 25 mm-hmm. consistently, mm-hmm. right? So, I, I mean, it's not that I don't understand the sentiment, of the players that that want people to play more, I, I, I get it, and and I, I I I again I intellectually get it, but I just really encourage people to not <laughs> to not put the responsibility of what is in many ways at at this current moment a a failed <laughs> massively multiplayer game mm-hmm. um, on the shoulders of you know the few individuals that are still <laughs> available to access in the game yeah um and maybe that's a, a difference i don't know just in personality or something because i i would never try and guilt someone into logging in and playing like if you're still responding to a message or something and you're still interacting and part of a guild or what have you it's like I'm, I'm still cool with you. I mean, you do you do your thing. You got real life things to do, whatever. I mean, but if you're still a part of it and interacting on some level, then that's cool. Log in when you can. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, well, and I, I mean, again, I think that makes, I think that that works for everyone a lot more when there's a healthy population. Because yeah. then if that person's not there, you can still do content. You can still uh, do something, yeah. Yeah, but as it is today, we just we just can't. And, well, and, and so that leads me to another, another kind of topic that I want to talk about, which is is guild leadership, and and the ways that a guild leader can provide value to a guild, and kind of how that changes when the player base has shrunk as much as it has. Mm-hmm. So I guess kind of what I mean by that. So you know, we talked last week about how our guild had kind of a split, mm-hmm. and. And then, you know, in our alliance that we're in now, we've seen another guild leader step away. Yeah. And I'm not going to name names or anything, just like we always haven't, you know, tried to put other people's business out there in that way. But effectively, what this person described was was very similar to what happened with us, where they had a, I mean, their guild is not big because no guild is big because the player base is not big. And so they had a, se- a segment of their players basically leave to go form their own little guild. Mm-hmm. Which, and this, I mean, the person, the, the, the person, the leader said this was that in a normal gaming situation, that wouldn't be as big of a hit because you could recruit new people and there would be new players to fill those spaces. Mm-hmm. 
But as it is now, that group of people that left, there is no one to, to backfill them in. And so now that guild leader is left with either the choice of trying to shoulder the load of doing all the things that those people provided mm-hmm. or, you know, joining a different guild himself as just a member or the other option, which he took is to, to just leave the game, at least for now. And I, the reason that I, that that made me think about what does a guild leader provide is that I think that there's a, a few ways that a guild leader can provide value. And, and I don't think they're mutually exclusive. I mean, I think a person could do all of them or one of them or, you know, a combination. But anyway, so I, I mean, like, I think maybe the most obvious talent that a guild leader could bring that's high value to the group would be if you're a good shot caller. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's uh, really valuable in any PVP situation, group size, small well, or and large. It, and it extends outside of Crowfall. I mean, honestly, and you know, it, it's not as, it's not as dynamic in a PVE game, but in something like, wow, most raid guilds are in most of the time, not all of the time, but most of the time, the guild leader is also the raid leader. Mm-hmm. And in, in raids, they're still effectively shot calling. I mean, again, it's not quite as rigorous as it would be in a PvP setting because you don't know what's going to happen, whereas in a raid, you know exactly <laughs> what's going to happen and when. But it's still, I mean, you still need someone to lead the raid and to, again, effectively shot call. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's maybe the most obvious skill set that a guild leader can bring. But it's not the only skill set that they bring. And again, even in PvE games, there are guild leaders who are not simultaneously the raid leaders. You yourself are a guild leader mm-hmm. in, in more games than this one, but not really a shot caller or a raid leader. Yeah, and and I think that a lot of people are confused by that at first. Just in the experience of Crowfall, because we've built the guild from the ground up. Right. And kind of to your point about the population and backfilling spots, we've went through probably, I could say, three main cores of members. Yeah, where we had maybe 10, 10 to, to 15 members that were like consistently on and mm-hmm. consistently, yeah, like probably three different groupings of that many players that have cycled through the guild. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, when we started Crowfall, this is the first MMO that I played in a long time. And really the the one where I've participated in voice the most, and I don't normally voice a lot in games. I, I actually play mostly uh, single-player games. I mean, we've voiced before on different games, but it's hadn't been really consistent. And mm-hmm. so... When we started the guild, everyone was like ready to go, uh, just invoice, and and I was hopping in because I felt like as the guild leader and get to know everyone, you know, talk a little bit and stuff. But it's not my natural first choice to do. But yeah, so if I don't have to to talk <laughs> to to lead a raid or something like that, I would pref- prefer that. Really, yeah. Well, so so then what's interesting then is like, okay, well, but so then how were you able to lead a guild if that's not the case? And and the answer to that question is that you are a good communicator and you enjoy 
playing kind of the political game and developing relationships with the other guild leaders, especially early in the game when there really was a throne war simulator. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, right. yeah, you could listen listen to the the past episodes, but I mean, there was a lot of I don't know, just kind of interesting maneuvers and different directions things were going. Needs to be navigated in in a throne war simulation type thing, and I had done that a lot in tribal wars. That was pretty much all it was and and that was fun for me because i was kind of role-playing this idea of being in charge of a kingdom or something and making alliances and and stuff so communicating with the other guild leaders um and typing and i can do all that just fine i'm not necessarily the the front line general yelling flank or charge or <laughs> you know stuff like that right right well and and so that's the thing is that like you know i think a, a guild leader could provide knowledge or could provide that skill set where they're able to and in a game like crowfall where alliances especially when the population is thriving are really important because there's not actually enough land for everyone when the population's healthy yeah yeah and and when you're in a situation where the guild is initially um, not strong enough to own their own keep or really go into dregs and be successful. We had to put ourselves in a lot of different situations to kind of give us the most fun dregs experience to get into dregs and to have some sort of success. And, And largely that was because we were able to find a lot of other guilds that were willing to join up and you know fill in that that's those things as an alliance early on yeah and then i think another thing a guild leader can do is be ultra knowledgeable if a guild leader possesses just a a a deep knowledge of how the game works and how the systems work and you know if if a guild member wants to accomplish whatever the game offers if a guild leader is someone who's able to walk them through the steps of how they accomplish that, mm-hmm. I think that's a tremendous value as well. So maybe you're not leading raids, maybe you're not great at politicking, but you know a ton about how the game works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that that can attract people as well, right? Yeah, that's something that, well, we didn't really have that under our belts because we didn't play beta, but I think now we have a decent amount of knowledge. Uh, yeah, I mean, you certainly know more than I do. I am constantly shocked at how <laughs> how little, even this many months in, things that I just don't know, actually. Yeah, um, I still I mean, we still don't know everything. I mean, there's so much right. to know. But but anyway, so in, I, you know, I don't know. Can you think, is there any other arena or way that you can think of that a, a guild leader is valuable? I mean, they can lead people literally in the fights or whatever. Mm-hmm. They can be good at politicking. They can understand the game in a deep way. Is there anything else that you can think of that a guild leader can do? And I'm sure even if we say no, there's nothing. There probably is something <laughs> we're not thinking of. But anything else you can think of? I, I think there is something to be said about internalizing other ideas, mm. maybe. Because as the guild leader or person making decisions... Eventually, you're going to have other members that have ideas of how things should go. 
Mm-hmm. And that was really interesting to me because when we first started, everyone, of course, we had open ap- applications, like anyone that wanted a guild, hey, we don't know anything, come learn the game with us. And we had an influx of, I don't know, we got up over 100 at one point. That was like the first few weeks. Yeah. It was crazy. <laughs> but, but everyone, of course, had their idea of how things should go. And so I was constantly being bombarded by, you know, opinions or, and I kind of had an idea of how we would navigate that where like we would need to find an alliance and that type of thing. So I wasn't stressed out about it. I wasn't emotionally triggered in any way. I was just trying to communicate the best I could and and be stable and acknowledge that they had ideas and where I agreed or disagreed. And it wasn't necessarily about being right or wrong, because we talk this way a lot between you and I, but about finding a better idea or something that makes more sense or something that maybe I didn't think of or the other person didn't think of. And then we could kind of come together in a way, you know, this kind of for a direction for everyone. Yeah. I I think there's definitely, I think that that definitely is a, a, a skill that a guild leader probably needs to have if they're going to do it for very long. Mm -hmm. Or if they're not, then they're like, if you don't have that skill, then you probably really need to have a ton of game knowledge and, probably be a leader and like a raid leader shot caller type person in some way. Yeah. Because then you can just tell people, then if you don't have the skill you're talking about where you can accept other ideas and not be offended by them, if they don't align with yours initially, at least, you know, mm-hmm. um, if you don't have the ability to do that, but you are really knowledgeable and, and the shot caller type person, then I think you can just kind of lean on that and be like, yeah, that's fine. If you don't like it, you can get out. Yeah because we'll find other people to fill these ranks because someone else is going to want to be led by a shot caller, right? Right, yeah. When you're that that vocal and that you, you're imposing, like, this is the structure, people will naturally kind of just fall in line. And, and you could kind of be more direct, I guess. And, yeah, if you don't like I, it, you can get you know? <laughs> well, I think so, but, but well, but my point is, is that to do that, then you have to be, you have to produce results, right? Like, true, true. You can't. Fine, I'll put up, I'll put up with your dictatorship, but that's because you're leading us on these fights and it's successful, or and we're how. winning. Yeah, right. right I guess that right. would be hilarious, though, that you just do that and get rolled every time. I mean, I think people would just quit the guild, but yeah. Quick, so. <laughs> <laughs> when last very long. Well, so so, and the reason I'm I'm going through all these different examples and that I wanted to talk about this is that I think what we saw and what that other guild leader that I brought up saw is that so as it as, again as it turns out as we just discussed I think that for you of the three categories I mentioned at least the the primary skill set that you brought to the table is not only an ability to but also a willingness to engage with with total strangers that are other guild leaders uh-huh. and try and figure out how we could 
partner up, right? Or how we could mutually benefit one another. Yeah, yeah. And that might sound really simple, but it turns out that a lot of people just don't have the balls to do that. A lot of people are not comfortable approaching a stranger with their own idea that the stranger maybe doesn't otherwise care about initially, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. and learning how to, to build that relationship and make those connections. It's easy, I think, to take that for granted, but there is real value to it. I'm not saying that to flatter you. I'm saying it, and the reason I know that it's not, the reason it's not flattery and that it's objectively true is that you led a guild for, with a very healthy population for a very long time with that being your primary skill set. You never were shot calling and you never understood all of the mechanics of Crowfall, right? Yeah, yeah. So it did matter. But now what we see is the population has shrunk so low that everyone that still plays kind of knows who each other are Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and even if you don't everyone is certainly aware that there's very few people playing Mm -hmm. so if someone wants to be in an alliance for example i think that they probably can find an alliance i mean maybe not every guild is open to allying with just anyone Mm -hmm. but i think that you know you would be able to find an alliance with just about any guild. With anyone that's left playing, I mean, there's probably someone that right. would be willing to take you. I mean, everyone just needs more members in their group. So if you go back to like October, November, or earlier time, the population is such that if a, if a small group of players wanted to split off so that they could do their own thing and not have to split rewards with other people, which is kind of what's happened in a couple of the situations I've referenced with us and and the other guild. They couldn't back back then, because if they tried to do that, no one was going to take their four man guild or whatever in an alliance. Yeah. Yeah. Because the populate the, the, the population demanded that you have an alliance that be competitive, which means you need the numbers, which means if you only have like four or five people, it's like, dude, you just need to combine with another guild if you want to be with this. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the divine favor, there's a lot of XP, crafting, harvesting stuff that needs to be done. And you early on in the game, you couldn't do that for very long because there was so much activity with right. PvP and stuff. So you had to not only just have uh, a keep, you had to control territory. Like, you had to have a zone that was mostly alliance. But yeah, to even harvest it for any amount of time. Yeah, no, totally agree. And so what we see now is that in the shrunk player base, because it's basically anyone would accept anyone, (laughs) any size guild can probably find an alliance again somewhere because why not why exclude someone because again it's not like there's a line of other people that you're you know (laughs) could let in instead what that's done is it's diminished the skill set that you brought to the table to to have little to no value because there is no politicking that needs to happen there is no relationship building that needs to happen i mean unless you just have an absolutely horrible you know you know reputation people are probably going to be accepting of you. And so what you have, what you offered at this high value as a guild leader has lost value, but that's only because of the player base and the size of it. And uh, to talk about 
in that communication with with other guild leaders also the ability to offer like new ideas with the weight to push things where if we teamed up like if we did these things like what could be possible Mm -hmm. and where that could go so there's an element of brainstorming but also being able for to communicate uh, that idea but then also have that other person kind of see that vision and think it's worth worthwhile yeah i mean this word is going to sound way too heavy or like it's way too much credit for probably an mmo guild leader <laughs> but there's almost a, like a, an element of entrepreneurial like capacity to it where exactly what you just said where it's like as the guild leader you can have a vision for what could be Mm-hmm. And you can help share that with another guild leader and help them also share that vision. And now, I mean, so there's an element of salesmanship to it, right? Yeah. Not in a slimy way or something, but <laughs> I mean, really though, I mean, you know, that word gets misused, but yeah. it doesn't just mean that you're tricking someone. It's literally convincing other people of to see things the way that you see them or see the, that the way they could be, right? And to be able to stay nimble and offer direction changes i've actually had that thought of since i've started you know the crowfall thing it's like i don't know it it feels like it's almost i've called it a training program before just in conversation but if you own or tried to make a business or or something it kind of i would think that those skills translate in some way. I don't know. I mean, well, I mean, what you're talking about, I mean, to some extent, leadership skills, right? I mean, so yeah, absolutely. Even if you're not running your own company, even if you're just leading other people as part of a larger organization, I think these skills, you know, certainly could translate over. But I I joked about feeling like a CEO, even though I've never, never been one. (laughs) It's just like, (laughs) (laughs) right. Well, and, and I, so I just, I think that's, and, and, and again, the, you know, the part of the other reason I bring it up is because, you know, back again, five, six months ago, whatever it was, people in the guild would talk to me about how they were always really pleased by the fact that we always had an alliance, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that changed maybe every campaign or every couple of campaigns, yeah. alliances would shift and, and things would churn, but we always found a good landing spot. And mm-hmm. And people were always really happy that that was true, that we were never left out in the cold. And again, that was a testament to your ability to make that happen. But now they don't really need you to do that because, again, it can just happen just by them asking someone else. Yeah, <laughs> you know, there's only so, so many people. But that that is one of the things that I'm most proud of is that regardless of the situation and what we were facing internally as a guild, what our strengths were, what we might need out of a dregs or an alliance, I felt like we navigated that as probably the best that what we could and better than most. I mean, like we always were in a, a good situation based on the circumstance, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And I, I just also want to add to this that, None of this is meant to be a shot at the people who have left, you know, any of the guilds or that are forming these new little guilds that really only work in the current situation. 
because they're just reading the room. I mean, it, 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 you know, it, it, I think that it pushed that other guild leader out of the game ultimately. Mm-hmm. So there is a downside to it that whenever you decide that you're going to be, <laughs> I don't want to even say greedy because I'm really not trying to throw shade at them, but whenever they decide that they want to consolidate their resources to just be among a smaller group of people, mm-hmm. well, you're actually just contributing further to <laughs> the population diminishing because there's not that many people left. You know what I mean? And so when you start to exclude yeah. people from the group, well, th- there's not a lot of other places for them to go and there's no one else for them to invite to their group. So Mm-hmm. We see what happened. They just kind of left. Again, I'm not saying it's their fault that people are leaving the game either. They're just, again, they're just reading the room, and they're not wrong that they don't need a guild leader that can politic well because that's not actually an important skill right now in the current state of the game. But yeah. I do think it's going to be interesting if we just assume that the game will rebound and, and will have some population resurgence. I think it'll be interesting to see where the chips kind of fall. I think that some of these little offshoots that have happened will probably be swallowed back up into larger groups because then the politicking will become important again. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, and it, and it comes down to like, well, how much do you want to do it? And if, if you're a smaller group, I mean, I don't know with the way the state of the game is, it seems like that we should be, staying together or trying to come together as much as possible just to reinforce a healthy group, you know, that can play together Mm -hmm. and, and and do all the aspects of the game, regardless of, of the rewards. And, and, you know, I've always tried to be as fair as I could, you know, I, I never like tried to withhold anything or, or something like that. Like someone couldn't get something if they needed help. Right. But so with the way the rewards work in the game, I mean, it's kind of funneled through that guild leader spot. So if someone wanted to ensure that they got more of that split, it kind of incentivizes them to break off and make their own guild because they can sustain with that lower population now. Right, because they can still be a part of a larger a larger group. Um, mm mm-hmm. Because they don't need to be to be good socially, but anyway, I don't know. I just thought that was a, a an interesting kind of I don't know thought exercise. I don't know what you want to call that, but just kind of wanted to talk through that and and yeah, just again, you know, I don't I don't know other people's experience, but for me, this is far and away the longest that I've stayed with a game that's population was dwindling, and I've never been around as part of a community that's now this small for a game. <laughs> I know, I, and I, really. I'm not even trying to be funny or take a shot. Yeah. I mean, just really, I haven't. So it's really fascinating, honestly, to me to see how these things unfold and how people's behavior changes and how, you know, what people are care about and what they're motivated by, how that changes really in direct response to the population, mm-hmm. even if consciously that's not why they think the way they're thinking. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't think these other guild leaders that have created these little offshoots thought in their mind, like, oh, well, now there's only 200 players left, so I don't need them. In their mind, they're like, well, we can group with these other people, so why would I need this 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 leader that isn't, you know, leading in these other ways? And and they're not entirely wrong, but they will be once the population comes back, if it you know if it does. Yeah, uh, we we can even say short term thinking versus long term thinking. I mean. 
when we first started and we made that guild, like I said, everyone had their ideas of how things would happen. And, and there was, after those first few weeks, a little bit of frustration that we were not successful in dregs yet, or that we had not progressed so far in crafting. But it's like, well, when our state, we reevaluate in three months and in six months, it's going to be entirely different. And when I said that, it was like, like I'm crazy or something. And a lot of them ended up quitting the game and didn't even make it that far. But the, it changed so much just from the beginning and then like at a three month period or at a six month period, it's completely different and, and not just our guild, but the game too. And I still think the game has tons more to evolve into. Yeah. So I, it's like silly that anyone gets worked up about anything that's going on right now. Cause it's like, is this even going to be the game in a year? I mean, we don't I can't know. imagine that it is because if, if it is, then it will, I assume it'd be offline. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. again, I, and it's not, it's not a shot. I don't mean to say the same thing again and again and again, but it's like the, the game right now does not attract people. If yeah. it did, I wouldn't have to say the same thing every week. Right. Yeah. So it's going to have to be pretty different or it's not going to be around. Yeah. One of those two is true. And it might be different and still not around, but if it's not different, it certainly will not be around. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yes. But, you know, hey, that being said, uh, I feel like that's kind of a downer thing to end on or something. And, uh, you know, I, I, it's it's un, it's inescapable to me to look at everything through the lens of the player base right now because it's such a it's like I said at the very beginning, it's the elephant in the room. But there there is still an optimism that this will change and will improve. And we're we're in it for long enough now that I'm just interested to see what that looks like. So I think we'll 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 be around for a while still, <laughs> yeah. even if it's just the two of us and our stupid guild arguing <laughs> with each other. I don't really know. Uh, we'll be you got to start telling me how to how to run it. And yeah, uh, we'll just... go. Yeah, I'm gonna break away and start my own <laughs> guild, and then we can fight in the EK or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> to uh, to give it a positive spin, though. Uh, if anyone out there is listening, still playing, message someone that also is still playing and tell them you appreciate them. <laughs> Looky there. Anything else you want to talk about today? I'll do it. Well, that's all for the show today. Follow us on Twitter and Minds at Crowfall Pod. You can also check out my other podcast, The Walk Show, which explores the walk of life through interviews with a variety of guests. Or my other show, Pick Up Your Sticks, which is a show about video games where we explore the idea of why gaming matters. As always, thanks for the listen. Have a great week. Stay up. Mm-hmm.